It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show. So here we are again, another episode of the Social Snippet Show. This is the roundup of social media and marketing changes and updates and um, a few opinions thrown in there as well from the Green Umbrella team. Um, yeah, this gives you a bit of an insight into what we're doing with our clients, what's breaking in the social media world and, and how we think those things should be implemented. So I really hope there's something useful in this episode for you. Let's dive in. We are live. Hello and welcome to another week of the Green Umbrella Live Lunch. How many... Do you know, for a minute then, I just had a complete blank as to what we were doing. What, what I was doing for. It's a good start. I'm like, is this the social snippet show? Is this Christina Talks podcast? Is this live lunch? I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. It has been, for me, it's been a crazy week. All I've done is talk this week. So I feel like I've kind of run out of words. Um, so I'm just going to sit back and relax and let you guys like run the show this time, I think. Fair enough. You've done a lot of talking this it's week. It's going to be a sh- short, quiet show then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You have done a lot of webinars this week, haven't you? I have. It's been fab. It's been absolutely fab. I've loved it. Um, and they've all been quite different. So, Monday lunchtime, we did a webinar for the Green Umbrella um, Coaching Club. So that was on stories, so using stories on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn as well. So that was that was cool. Um, and it was very kind of, it was more of a like demo style webinar. So I like got my iPad plugged in and got Instagram on there, clicking through all the bits. And then Monday evening, we had the first of the South North Hants Council webinars. So that was all, you know, very proper with my slide deck and the rest of it. Then yesterday, I did another one for recruiting gym. That was uh, just like me and my flip chart. So no slides, few notes to make sure I don't go off topic. And that was that. And then we had the panel show for um, team <laughs> talking about... Um, basically how recruiters can get business closed before the end of this year and different marketing tactics and sales strategies that that kind of stuff so it's been quite varied been quite varied but it means I haven't really caught up with you guys as much as I normally would so um, this is a, a nice opportunity and one of the you know one of the reasons for us doing the live lunch was to allow people to kind of see a little bit of the inner workings and the conversations we have and what we get up to. So, um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk have, about. Um, I have one request, requ- I can't say it, request, Christina. Um, you what? know when I'm doing the, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know when I'm doing the, um, the webinar, when you're doing the webinars and I'm doing the screenshot, well, because you've done so many this week, I've realised that when you're doing it, you don't pause for me to take a screenshot. So I'm sat there for 20 minutes, literally taking like 100. And every one, you either look really angry or you look like you want to punch someone. or So you're doing a funny smile or you're pointing at something. So I'm, I'm thinking at the beginning of each one, you should just pause and go like, and then do like four poses and I'll go, and then it's done. Okay. There you go. Priority stuff. Yeah, Mark, if I can have a standard slide for that, please, then um, yeah. Yeah. call it photo opportunity. We'll just like okay. photoshop you into various things. Yeah, that'd be fine. Okay. Well yeah. cool. so, all right then. So other other than trying to get screenshots of me, Emily, what have you been what have you been at this what have you been looking at? What's happening in social from your perspective? Um Two of my favorite platforms, so Instagram. Uh, Instagram has or is releasing or is testing a new option to react to stories where the person doesn't receive a direct message with like an emoji. And rather, the, they don't know exactly how it's going to work at the moment, but um, there's, there's going to sort of be a reaction that appears over the story. So at the moment when you react to a story you'll get a direct or when sorry someone reacts to your story you'll get a direct message so it'll look like an inbox message and you'll click on it and it'll just be the story with a little emoji or reaction in the corner um but it's going to be sort of a bit more fancy somehow although they're not really sure how at the moment um so that'll be good 
I think, because I think sometimes I think I have an inbox message and it really excites me. And then I click on it and it's just an emoji, which is lovely because I'm happy. People are happy with my story. But it's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, I so think that, it's and- a volume thing, isn't it? It's like it's staying on top of it all is the, the crazy. And because yeah. it starts to one communication, it's just, yeah. And then I I never know whether to react back to their reaction, if you see what I mean, because I feel rude if someone said, I don't know, put like a fire emoji on my story or something. And I think, oh, that's really nice. They've appreciated it. So then I like it. But then I think, is that just too far? Because that's a reaction for a reaction. And I never know what to do. So (laughs) sometimes I go, oh, thank you. Then is that weird? I don't know. So I think, yeah, I think it'd be a good move personally. Um, and then the other thing that I saw this morning is um, Pinterest. Um, in my DM, I wonder why you were laughing then. I was like, I got something in my hair. <laughs> um, the other thing is Pinterest um, have released, now I'll need to open this because I've only just read it, um, a holiday gift guide. Um, so I don't actually have access to it at the moment. But if you open your Pinterest app, and click on the magnifying glass um, section, scroll down to the shopping ideas, and then apparently they are releasing in there a holiday gift guide in time for Christmas. So um, I think that's a really good idea personally. It's sort of like, it's basically a way people can directly shop from Pinterest. So, um, but it's sort of grouping everything into one section. And they've done a lot of research behind the scenes on the most searched for holiday gifts. Um, so they've divided it into 10 sections, I believe. Um, if you'd like to know the categories, they are uh, home is where we all are. Treat yourself uh, when thanks just isn't enough. Level up your space. Uh, spend small, give big. Uh, that kid magic. Gen Zedders and the hard and Gen Zedders and the hard to buy for. Oh, the new adventurer, the beauty enthusiast and seasoned and amateur foodies. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite a good idea and it's a good way that people can, they can sort of, if they have a shop and they want to sort of tailor their gifts of the products they sell to try and fit into those categories, or if people want to have a look themselves and sort of buy directly from Pinterest, um, I think it's a good move in the run up to Christmas anyway. And I love Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I don't have a head, a head, um, piece like Amanda does, but might get one. (laughs) so thinking about what you've just been talking about and you know just for record emily was very she is very excited about this before we were going live she'd got us all like on our phones checking our pinterest app to see if any of us had got the feature um but yeah just thinking about that kind of well just the whole shop local thing so there are uh there's a lot of local businesses that we work with that will be looking at different ways of promoting their business um obviously you are the, the number one instagram fan on the the t- you know, instagram and pinterest fan on the team so what things do you think that businesses could do to encourage people to promote them through their social media activity and you know what kind of things do you think that we as individuals should be doing on Instagram to promote those local businesses that we want to support. <laughs> um, so I know, I was hoping you weren't going to do this, Christine. You know, I've prepped all of that. So I thought that's enough for me for today. <laughs> um, can I, okay. Yeah, Amanda, say, you, can, you can take over. <laughs> not to steer your thunder, but it's one of the ones that we worked on together to start with, hmm. which is a, uh, a local company. I mean, they sell UK wide but they uh, handcraft jewellery. So, you know, in terms of, of getting engagement and posts that, that actually work and, and for local businesses, rather than just show your product all the time, here's my product, here's my, you know, handcrafted foodie products, like artisan food or handmade jewellery. It's like, show that it's homemade, show that show the process that goes in it, show the behind the scenes. Um, so we showed uh, Laura who makes it, she, you know, she's there in her, her workshop crafting away. So it's, you know, people can, if they just see an image, they can scroll through and think, oh, well, I can just get that like on, you know, Amazon for a fraction of the price. But they don't realise that it's made right on their doorstep. So and people want to support those local businesses. We're 
what, three, four weeks away now from Small Business Saturday. It's on the 5th of December. So there's going to be a lot about that. And I think you know, the feedback we've had from um, from Laura has been great. She's, you know, her engagement has gone up, her orders have gone up. So it, it's just kind of thinking a bit more full process and a bit more creatively um, rather than just here's my product, here's my hashtag, uh, put it on Pinterest or put it on Facebook. Yeah, I think like you said, Amanda, it's sort of this year especially, I think it should be every year, but this year especially people are really focusing on supporting those small businesses. And I think we've talked about it before, the idea of sort of having eyes, so like the human connection within the photograph, within the content that you're sharing. And I've sort of set up quite a few Facebook ads for Laura. And while, yes, the majority of those ads are the products that we've agreed with her that she knows do does do well at this time of year, and sort of the more personalised ad um, products, sorry. One of the ads that I put out was more sort of it was her in it. It was behind the scenes. It was her looking at the camera. She sent she was actually really good, and she sent over loads of photographs. She hasn't done it before, so it wasn't it was way, well out of her comfort zone. Um, but yeah, she sent loads, and some of them were her sort of her head down doing her work, which was perfectly great. We can use those, but a couple of them were her looking at the camera, and I specifically chose those ones because I thought. Well, it's the eyeballs thing. It's the fact that people are going to more likely to connect with that and more likely to click on it. They can see, they can see her. They can see what she looks like, and it's that sort of subconscious thing as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a good way to go around it. Um, in terms of Christina, you said uh, sort of how you can promote these businesses that you're buying from and the businesses that you like. Um, so on Instagram, for instance, obviously. Well, there's sort of a few things that you can do in terms of helping the 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 shop um obviously commenting and engaging and liking their posts and their content um personally i think always try to comment when where you can comment because to me the way that i sort of describe it is when you like someone's post that that's really great but it's sort of like walking past them in the street and nodding at them and that's it and then carrying on and yes they'll appreciate it and i think it's a lovely thing to do, but if you do have that little bit of extra time, just uh, leave the comment that they can reply to and then even reply to that again. It's just adding more comments onto that post. So it's gonna obviously push that up the algorithm a little bit. Um, the other thing that I try to do quite often is share someone's post onto my story. So I know a lot of businesses run competitions where they, where they say, oh, tag a friend on Instagram and share this for an extra five entries or something. Um, but personally, I think that if there is a, a business that you really like, particularly if it is small business um, and you and you love their products and you've bought something from them, then why don't you just share share that post to your story and just say, oh, I've bought this. I love it. Or tag them in or just say a great idea for Christmas. Um, and it's just sort of spreading their message, really. It doesn't take two minutes of your time. And it's just a, a really great way that you can interact with them. And then obviously they're more likely to interact with you as well. I think that's a really nice analogy that a like is kind of like a nod in the street, like a I acknowledge you, you know, whereas a comment is maybe a comment or a share is that step further. I mean, it's, it's not like necessarily a conversation, you're, isn't you're it? You're wrapped up with everyone, but it's no, but not at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, like you nod, said, it's kind of, hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah I yeah, like that. It's a nice, nice kind of metaphor for it. Thanks for right, that on the spot. I'll pinch that one with people I speak to. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I think we we talk about um, sort of business development tactics and uh, marketing tactics where you are talking to your influencers and engaging with them. But I think we do sometimes forget that, you know, sometimes we are the influencer. Sometimes, we, you know, just because you haven't got 100,000 followers on Instagram, well, actually, if you're following 100 people and they're all in your local area, they're all like-minded, you probably do have a little bit of influence on their buying decisions sometimes. Mm. And so, actually, it's, yeah, I, I think it's it's what can we do for other people sometimes, you know? It's rather than just thinking, right, if I engage with this person, then I'm going to be able to access their audience. Sometimes it's just actually, you know, what can, what can we give without expecting anything in return mm. and right now there's there's massive opportunity there massive opportunity 
So, Jane, let's come to you now. It kind of um, runs on. Obviously, Emily was talking about the fact she's been running some ads for um, this particular client. Um, but generally, you you run most of the ads that, that that we have going and access to all the advert accounts. She, she's like the queen of the ads, uh, Jane is. Um, what's been going on there over the last week? Because to be fair, I'm surprised you've got any hair right now. <laughs> A bit of a yeah. stressful week in the old ads department, hasn't it? it? Definitely, yeah. Um, last week, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, basically there was a massive um, sort of processing issue in the Facebook ads department. And um, overnight, a million ads, or more than a million ads, probably just got banned instantly, um, including ones that have been running for ages. And um, I woke up, looked at my emails and said, your ad, ad has been rejected. I'm like, hang on a minute, this ad's been running for you know, a month already. Why has it suddenly got rejected? I'm there having a heart attack about it. <laughs> and uh, there it's appearing for sort of every client I'm running ads for. And um, anyway, thankfully, I, I'd gone onto Facebook a bit afterwards and, and one of the groups I'm in, everybody was talking about it basically that it had been this big sort of outage thing and you know thank god actually my adverts hadn't just been rejected but um and adverts themselves actually came back up and running fairly quickly but on top of that a lot of advert accounts got banned and that's the one i've been tearing my hair out about so advert accounts that were just running away happily been going for years all of a sudden just got banned you've violated our rules we're just disabling your account we're disabling your whole Facebook page, everything. And those are the ones that are taking ages to come back. Um, we have had experience of that happening. Um, they said they're going to clear the backlog quickly, but obviously there are some that are still stuck. Um, I had an, an email this morning from one of the big Facebook advertising guru type people who said that there's people who've had to verify their business again. They've had to send documents in, everything to get their ad accounts back. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's just been a complete nightmare this week. <laughs> so, um, but on top of that, it just highlights the fact that you have to be so careful with what you actually put in on your adverts. There was something a little while ago about someone who put a bowl of onions in an advert and it got banned because they're skin colored and Facebook's algorithm had just read that as naked, a naked person or a naked skin or whatever, banned the advert and it was just a bowl of onions. So you have to be really careful. What were they advertising? I'm not telling you. I don't know if it was a fruit and thing. Or, or something, yeah, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't Ocado, but it, it was a. Um, it was like that kind of brand, wasn't it? It was like a, a like a organic foods kind of. I can't remember who it was. Um, but yeah, it is. The thing is, so there's two things here. First of all, everything's machine led. So what happens is your adverts go through this process and, you know, the, it, looking for indicators. So it might be certain words that you use or something like that. But that's what gets flagged and, and all of a sudden, no, your adverts against the rules. And you get these automated messages that you have to then, you know, it's really hard. You don't actually get to speak to someone. It's really hard to get to that point where you have a conversation. Um so we've got to be really, really aware of that and just aware of the language we use within the text of our ads, the imagery that we choose. It, it's just, it's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy, some some of the stuff that gets bounced back. And it's all worse, doesn't it? Yeah, it is more sensitive, definitely. With COVID, there's a lack of people there, actual human checkers, to check that the machines are actually doing what they should be. <laughs> yeah. But then there's this other thing as well of people become so reliant on a social media platform. Now, obviously, you know, the, the core part of our business involves social media. So I'm saying this, running a business where we are all, if there were, so, if there were no social media platforms, would we be sitting here right now? Okay, so I'm kind of saying that in a bit of a, you know, you shouldn't rely on social media as a social media agency. Um, but if you think about your business development activities, if you think about your marketing activities, if you are solely relying on social, if you were thinking, okay, so this Christmas, um, I'm just going to put all, all, my, all my marketing budget into Facebook ads and I'm not going to do anything else, you're putting yourself in quite a dangerous position. I was asked a question yesterday, oh, you know, what, what gives you the best ROI? 
email marketing or social I'm like why would you do one and not the other mm. why would you put all your like nobody <laughs> wants to have just one client because if they lose that one client they don't have a business mm. so why would you only want to rely on just one channel if it came down to budget though and they only have budget to do one would you say do neither I, I would say, yeah I, I would split the time so if, if, it, if that was the problem if that was the issue I would say okay how do I use my budget to invest in the training so that I can do both yeah how do I use that budget so I can do both you know this is if you just do one thing you're not creating enough touch points you're not going to get the sales so the client you mentioned earlier they're doing a bit of paid ads they're doing a bit of social they're doing a bit of email um i think they're, they're doing blogs and stuff as well aren't they from memory i think on the website they do so, they, if it's one that we were talking about it, they they are but we do have other clients that that i'm working with that do yeah so <laughs> it's it's a mix of stuff that's going on and multiple channels okay yeah. so it's not just facebook You've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you've got other channels going on as well. So as someone that's a potential consumer of that product or service, actually, maybe something's going to drop into my email. And it could just be one news roundup a month. OK, it might be that you're planning to do two emails this side of Christmas. But that linked in with your social activity, maybe you're going to put something, a flyer in the post as well. You know, that's another touch point. And actually monitoring all this together, making sure you've got a website that you can bring people back to and, and a way for people to give you their information, whether they want to buy or not. If they're still on the on the fence, they're not sure they want to use you. Actually, maybe you've got something that you can give them in, in exchange for an email address so that you can contact them again another way we're working with a um another brand that's like an e-commerce brand essentially for them it's not about sales it's about building their database you know and, and this is the thing if we're if we're using our marketing activities if we're using social in the right way and we're, we're not just relying on one thing we're being really clear about what we want out of it the sales will come because we can create those additional kind of touch points and uh, you know, I, th I think that's the that's the thing. And right now, as well, I mean, Jane, I'm sure you'll agree. The results we're seeing in terms of Facebook ads now versus this time last year—it's crazy the difference because there's so much competition out there. Yeah, yeah. Got to... As you said, everything's gone online this year, so everybody's trying to advertise their product. And yeah, mm. you have to you have to fight against them basically at every stage. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> yeah, we've now turned off our social advertising and it won't go back on again until literally a few days before Christmas. Because at that when when we reach the point, I haven't told Jane this bit yet, so she, she's going to be writing this down. When we reach that point, whatever the date is where it's like it's too late to put stuff in the post from an e-commerce perspective, that's when we'll turn our ads on again. Because at that point, all those people will be turning off their advertising spend and we'll, we'll be on a, a more level playing field again at that point. That's, a, that's another interesting point. And I heard this about when people are uh, bulk buying credits to do um, job ads. So um, if you imagine you're a massive recruiter, you work with big job boards, you buy credits or you do your monthly advertising, but by the sort of last or third week of the month, um a lot of budgets have run out so i imagine it's similar on facebook if people are doing a lifetime budget rather than a daily budget there's a strong chance they might hit their target so does that mean there's kind of less noise towards the end of the month i've never found that to be honest because the way you set up the way you manage your budget is generally you say i want a lifetime budget between now and the let's say the 20th of december I want to spend a thousand pounds. Well, Facebook will then manage that thousand pounds across that period. So in theory, right, it, it's going to last all the way to the end. So from a social ads perspective, we don't tend to see that happen really. Yeah. Okay. 
but it could happen if people are buying things that that are generally on a calendar month basis so yeah yeah, yeah. things that are credit related definitely yeah. definitely cool so I I, had a, oh sorry I was just gonna say I had a question about um putting like spend on ads so bearing in mind that there is so much competition at the moment would you recommend if people have the budget that they put more budget behind ads or they don't and they just keep it at the same level or do it as you said possibly more towards the Christmas period where other people aren't going to be running as many ads in terms of e-commerce and postage and that sort of thing um I would increase it but I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suddenly double your budget I would creep it up um and I, I kind of like you know creep it up spend it on the ads that are working for you um and then like literally to creep it up let it run for a, sort of five to seven days and then look at it and make the decision from there and you know if you don't think it's made the difference to your results bring it back down again so this is this is the other thing with social ads is that it's like the more you spend the better results you get but then it reaches especially if you're focusing on a, um, a geographical area you'll get to a point where essentially you peak they're all the results you're going to get anyway. So even if you start spending more money, you don't necessarily get more results. Okay. So that will happen. So as soon as you see that line flatten out, okay, first thing to do is change the creative because sometimes it's just people are bored of your imagery. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you start to see those results flatten, change your imagery then. Hopefully you'll start to see an increase but if you don't, then actually, you know, that's like you don't need to be spending more than that on your ads. That's that's your sweet spot from a budget perspective. Yeah. OK. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So, Amanda, what have you been up to this week? Um, all sorts, really, this week. Um, I'm also gearing up and I meant to say this so we could we could kind of give it a bit of a shameless plug as well to do the, the Lonely Marketers podcast this afternoon. Oh, um, so if anybody is looking for other, other podcasts, you know, because the, the key one that we listen to is obviously Christina Talks. Um, but anyone recruitment marketing flavoured um, who's listening, then, yeah, make sure you, you check that out. And I'll be be recording with Glenn later. So. Um, but other than that, this week, I've had a bit of a mixed bag. Um, a couple of people, as you say, falling into the same bracket of what can I do before the end of the year? And I, I do kind of have a, a bit of a, you know, you should be doing it already. The fact that it's now six weeks out till the end of the year or seven weeks, however long we are, but it's not long. Um, people very keen just to look at lead generation. Um, and there are some things you need to put in place. So I've had a couple of conversations where I've said to people, lead gen is all well and good, but if you don't have your foundations, so we've been talking about making sure people have got a consistent brand, a good sticky website, because as you say, all the email marketing in the world, all the Facebook ads in the world, if that drives traffic to a website that doesn't have a good brand, doesn't have a nice logo, doesn't look it doesn't look kind of current you know again I've popped onto several websites this week where the stock photos used are so they're so 10 years ago <laughs> you just kind of want to like it's it's kind of like building a high-rise block of flats but the ones at the bottom just the, the foundations are rubbish everything you try and pile on top is really unstable and it will fall straight over so, so yeah, so I've actually had quite a few conversations about that this week where I'm, I'm all for lead gen, but it's the whole one blog, one email, one Facebook ad is not going to change the world. It needs to be part of a part of a joined up strategy. So, yeah, lots of conversations around that this week. Excellent. So, Mark, funny enough, I was asked this question as well. Um, when it comes to the branding piece, if you've been in business for a while, okay, and when I say a while, actually, sometimes it only takes a couple of months before things start to unravel and you end up with different versions of logos in different places and you kind of need to do a bit of an audit and bring it all back together again. So when it comes to that, what is the people that don't know, that aren't natural born marketers, that are perhaps not, not visual, 
like what's the starting point what's the process that people should follow in terms of kind of doing that brand audit and what the steps yeah, well, I suppose it depends on the size of the business, whether they've got perhaps their own brand guidelines in place anyway. So obviously, if they have, then it's a case of reverting back to those um, and having a look and seeing where they're, they're sort of going wrong. But obviously, if they haven't got that, they can perhaps start to form that document. You know, and it obviously a lot of people start up, you know, they maybe get a logo done, they do different things. And like you say, it's all good for that first little bit. And then it starts to deviate. So I suppose it's like you say, looking at what, what the logo is, is it being used consistently? We've seen it obviously loads of times over the years where people have a logo that has been resaved and saved and saved and the quality goes down and down and down. So it's like you say to people, have you got a master logo? Oh, yeah, I have, but I never opened it. So, you know, they've probably been given that at the start. So they sort of need to almost reset their their logo files as such as well, what they're using. Um, make sure it's good quality. Obviously, things like typefaces, um, make <laughs> sure that you know that's consistent again if they've got something in place for that. Um, and obviously, we speak to clients about maybe trying to use a, a typeface that is universal. So now you've got Google um, fonts uh, that can be used elsewhere. So you've maybe got things that are you know consistent across the web and you know anything else. Um, obviously, colours. So again, making sure that your your colours are consistent, um, and then I'm I'm working on a brand document for a, a employment lawyer, and part of that it's mainly for their internal use for their team, but it's also how things are written. So it's how their name is presented, um, and you know that whatever the spiel is about the business, if they're using that consistently. Um, so it's little things like that really. I mean that that one is not going to be a a big document, probably sort of similar size to what we use, five, six pages, just different things that are really, you know, just to help people, like you say, that don't necessarily notice those kind of things, but they've got a reference point then to go back to it and say, right, okay, that's how we use the logo, right? We don't use the logo on a coloured background because it doesn't work. We have to use it on a white background, so it's things like that. Okay, right, that's the typeface we need to use when we're doing a letter because the typeface we use when we're doing our professional print isn't available in office so it, you know you have to sometimes have a little bit of um sort of give and take on that kind of thing but this will give them that reference point for their for their people working in the office so our obviously you mentioned our brand guidelines that for me that is a live document so yeah. um so yeah mark always tells me off for having stuff on my desktop but i always have the brand guidelines live on my desktop and you know we find ourselves doing other things all of a sudden and I go back to the brand guidelines and I'm like oh crap I don't I don't know what the rules are for using the logo in this place or all of a sudden um you know when we started to do this like green to orange um for like fade in some of our brand you probably like if if you read our blog images if you read our blog images if you read the blog you'll have seen on the images we have this like green to orange splash on there and it's things like the fact it goes green to orange rather than orange to green yeah yeah it's on the 10 year logo <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> points the wrong way because it's like... <laughs> although that one obviously goes the other way to be fair because it we didn't want the the green to clash with the uh yeah. green of the main logo on that but yeah when it's used in the in the images it does go the other way but is it typical that that is it typical that that document would be live and updated i mean i th i think we update it fairly often it's probably 6 to 12 months that there's been stuff happening that we just you know for for my because I because I like things to be just right. Yeah, I think, I think I, I think I I like to know I can always go back to that document and that's my guideline. But is that typical? I think some some people's would stay pretty static, to be honest. I think ours because we we've got almost like the little sub brands that we use as well, and lots of different colours that designate you know the coaching club, the, the design and print side of things. So we've got quite a sort of vast array of different sort of elements to our brand whereas some people they will just have you know a logo a couple of colors and a typeface 
and that isn't going to change. So I think it, it does depend on on you know the various sort of types of client. Um, so like th these guys I'm working for at the minute, um, that I don't you know once that's in place, I don't think that would change pro probably for years. It's not a, a thing that's going to necessarily change, and unless they perhaps you know have a new website, and then again, some like when we redid, redid our website, that's where some of the new elements were bought from when we were designing that, and then incorporated those into other things. So it depends on where you are in in the cycle of of your, of your business and things, really. Some of the brand guidelines we've seen, um, so some are like one pages. What one? Page? I really can't talk. <laughs> one page. So some of them are one pages. Um, <laughs> and, um, but some, I mean, we've had some that are like hundreds of pages, 100 <laughs> pages. And I think there's probably a little bit of a perception as well that people think brand guidelines are these great, you know, it's this great big chunky folder that's going to be on your desk. And therefore they don't have them in their business because they've kind of got a, yeah, what what their perception of what brand what their brand guidelines should be in terms of a document is, is perhaps a little bit skewed. Would you yeah, agree? I mean, I, yeah, I think obviously with certainly with the bigger businesses we've worked with, the brand guidelines are not just the visual brand; they're you know the the whole encompassing everything about the business. So whether it be tone of voice, how you you know they will have everything in there from you know, how you're meant to use a PowerPoint presentation to, you know, how you lay out your, you know, company letter and things. So, you know, that, I suppose there's a difference between, you know, a simple visual brand document, which is what most people, smaller business would would benefit from to, to those sort of massive documents. You know, we've obviously worked with Vauxhall and people like that. And, you know, you're trying to go through a hundred page document and pull out the bits that are actually relevant to what we were doing at the time and it's like it's really difficult and I, I, I do think as well experience over over the years that even bigger organizations their internal use sometimes of brand guidelines is non-existent so it's it's one of those things I think obviously when you know you've got some kind of big ad agency working for you know a, a massive multinational brand and that, then yeah they're going to be following things but I've seen things for fairly big organizations that perhaps are perhaps are only internal communications but just you just think you really shouldn't be putting that anywhere let alone you know <laughs> you know it, it, i don't think it was quite the archetypical you know massive corporate using sort of comic sans for the the best example again but it was there's a few things i've seen you think really it's like you could do things a little bit better than that <laughs> Oh, judgy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. funny, though, how, um, how, what's the word? So I, I am quite precious about our imagery. I, I am. I'm, I'm kind of, um, like, I, I like everything to be just so. So, for example, the presentation on Monday, I'd got a couple of slides in there. And, you know, I don't use Photoshop. I'm not a visual person. But I found some stock images to use to, you know, make my, make my slides a bit more exciting. But I didn't like the way they sat on the slide. I don't like, I don't like slides where you've got an image that's just been, like, stuck on and plonked on because I think it just looks amateur, okay? And um, we have... The skills in-house to be in a situation where we don't produce stuff that looks amateur oh. so for me it's like you know things like that elevates the brand even though it's not anything that's green and orange or got a logo on it or but actually the, the way we use the imagery within the presentations if that's right the confidence I have in our brand actually that makes me confident as a presenter as well if the slides look good I look good if the slides look good the information I'm sharing in my little world is perceived as being that much more valuable, more like a higher quality, if you like. It, so, just, it just adds that credibility, doesn't it? Oh, it's, 100%. It's the, it's the consistency thing again. So we, I know we've spoken about that before, but the key to, to everything is the consistency. So, yeah. you know, we've 
talked about it in simple terms before you know making sure that you know the website matches the feel of the business card matches this because there's so many people that perhaps you know do things very disparately and like one one thing is done by someone else and one thing you know another by someone else and it right. never never sort of joins up and especially if they haven't got that idea at least of a consistent brand even if they haven't got the document but sometimes people will do things you know if they haven't been given the guidelines and and the client says yeah i like that then you know the client does have to have a little bit of responsibility but also the designer as well so i think you know most designers will say actually that doesn't match what you've got there Do, do you you know how do we tie this together um so that is you know an important thing I, I remember saying, I'm, I'm giggling because I don't think you'd ever say it, but you know, there's this, I think there's this thing occasionally, you, you know, that the reason Mark doesn't have locks and locks and locks of hair right, is because every now and then you end up with a client that you create something fantastic for and they have an idea that's different and is nowhere near as good as what you've done. And you just have to take it on the chin and deal with it. And then they come back with a change. And the phrase we use is, can you make it a bit shitter, please? (laughs) 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 But I I think there is also, you know, and you also have to accept sometimes that, you know, things go back to a client. They say, can you do this? You think, actually, that is a really good idea. And, I, you know, you hold your hands up and say, no, that's going to work really well. So it does work both ways as well. Oh. So, oh, but so, sometimes... I've had something... I just get excited. I was, I was going to say, I've, I've just had some things, that, you, know, a lot, you know, over the last X amount of years where I've done things and you just think, please don't tell people that I've done that. <laughs> and you know, and uh, I, I can remember a couple, and they are a long time ago now. So it's not it wasn't actually Green and Brother stuff. So it's not no one no one we know now. But you know, I get I got tagged into things on like Facebook and things, and it's like oh no, people are going to know that I've done that. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do it like that. And it, but you have to you have to roll with it sometimes, like you say. What do you do then, Mark, if they come back and want to do more work? Do you just take it and kind of go, well, it pays the bills, that's my job? Or because there's an element sometimes where you're like, I don't want to work with you if you're not going to allow me to do good work. It's like working, you know, working for a a company that kind of stymies you or is not allowing you to flourish or do anything like that. You know, we're, you know, you want to be in the luxurious place of being able to pick and choose your clients. And we do have kind of a, you know, we always say we only work with nice people. But so back back then, would you, have you ever have you ever kind of sacked off a client basically because you're like you know basically your ideas are rubbish, you're not yeah. allowing me to do my best work and you're not taking the advice. Yeah, because sometimes it you know you you've got to feel strongly about what you're doing, and mm. sometimes you just think there is no point in you paying us that money to do something that's not going to work. Yeah, you know it's, okay. it's like we said about you the foundation. Sorry, so you... we all really care about this, don't we? We're like, yeah. um, the thing is, you have to really care about it, mm. right? Well, we talk to if we talk to it, and it's the same with the social media stuff. If I'm talking to a client, and I know Amanda, you exactly the same, exactly the same. You get bought in, you forget who you work for, you forget what brand is yours because you've got so bought into this new brand, this this business, you want to help them smash it. Mm. And actually, if you don't feel that, I'm not I'm a I'm not a visual person. I can't draw. I get half an idea and I throw these really like these horrendous sketches together and throw them at Mark, and he's like, okay, yeah, what's that supposed to be then? And he produces that thing that I couldn't see in my head that was the idea. Now, for him to be able to do that, and I realise I'm talking for you, Mark, but you know, for you to be able to do that, you have got to feel it. You've got to be on the the same page. You've you know, you've got to be, you've got to have that buy-in. Otherwise, from a creative perspective, it's just not going to work. 
Yeah. I mean, and you do get things where sometimes just things, for whatever reason, don't, you know, match in in terms of like creative ideas and things as well. Not because they're not necessarily right or wrong. You, you do get that as well. But then, yeah, there are there are situations and certainly have been situations in the past where you, you know, just said to people, it's it's really not what you need. It's not going to, you know, help you, you know, and it's you know the choice is theirs and you can only advise um so much at the end of the day so yeah yeah i remember having a, a stand-up row with um with an operator this is i know probably going back about 10 12 if not more years um and i so i was young a young marketing whippersnapper but we had an ops director and it was quite a um it was like more of an industrial logistics type business and he wanted to mix corporate brands so the kind of more serious side with a product brand which was more consumer and so we had different colors different logos on there it just none of it worked and i just remember kind of going you cannot mix these brands like that and he was kind of trying to pull rank on me and I was like, I, I know how irritating this probably is, but I don't care. I know I'm right. So, because it, honestly, it looked awful it, and it just went against everything that the that the company was kind of built on. So, um, so yeah, even then, even then I was fighting the cause for the brand and being consistent because that's what we want to know is when people kind of, you know, say if you get the, the, the lumpy mail, you know, the thing through the post, the business card or the flyer, you see a Facebook advert and you, whatever that is, whether it's a product or a service, if you don't need it at that point in time, you may do in the future. And what you want to happen is that when you go to the website, you instantly know that's the one, that's the company. I, re I recognize them. So it's there. That's the whole point of it. Because there are so many times when we don't need something the moment we see it, but we may well do in the future. So that's why it's so important. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose different people are obviously pick up on different visual things, but you know, obviously we we look at things and we know we can tell a lot of the time when perhaps someone's done it themselves or they've had some you know someone professional to do things. And, you know, you get the situation where you've got someone with a lovely website, you know, it looks fantastic, and then you'll either get a business card that has been thrown together by them and then just sent out to print, or you know, you get some social media posts where there's a logo stuck on with a white background and you know it, it's yeah it's those kind of things that then mm. detract from the overall brand yeah, yeah definitely we are um getting to that time where we need to to bring this to a close i'm not quite sure how to get out of this conversation and i'm like i'm, I'm hoping that we you know pe people think oh great at least they're going to be honest with us and want to give us some work rather than thinking well, how pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we haven't shot ourselves in the foot. But it, 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 it is a really interesting thing, a really, really oh. interesting thing. Um, before we finish off, have you guys got anything else at all or have we sort of covered everything you wanted to cover today? Check out our new online store. Oh, yeah, that's, that's better than mine. Okay. okay I was yeah. going to say it was my work anniversary yesterday. Was it? It was it. I congratulated you on LinkedIn thanks, three whole thanks, years. Amanda. Only, th only three? <laughs> See, yes, feel, it feels oh, about ten. Don't, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three years. Maybe you'll learn to answer a Slack in that time next year. <laughs> I'm just not even answering that. I'll, I'll so say what, rude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Emily, what have you learned over the last three years? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I said anything. Um, <laughs> I have learned a lot, especially to do whatever I'm told by Christina. <laughs> oh my god! Best answer ever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so yeah, so yeah, congratulations, Emily, on making it um, to you know three years. Well done. Um, and yeah, uh, Mark. Because <laughs> my phone's ringing as well. I was thinking oh. I haven't forgotten an appointment, have I? But it's it, I haven't. It's tomorrow. I'm thinking a good topic 
or um, a potential end of year, uh, you know, live lunch wrap up of the year um, would be to talk about, you know, brand think brands that have got things right this year ones that maybe some howlers as well so and uh we can invite people to to add their ideas into the mix too mm. what brands are you loving this year who's done things right um yeah i think that might be quite a good one excellent yeah no let's do it let's okay. do it so just before we finish off because he'll kill me if we don't have this conversation Mark, the online print shop is live. It's open, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a while coming. It's been one of those things we've been speaking about probably for years on and off. Um, but we uh, finally got it sorted. So it's took a bit of work, but it's all up there. So shop.green-umbrella.biz. And um, you can order most of your sort of print things from there. Have a browse around. Everything from business cards through to fabric stands. Uh, and if it's not on there, give us a shout because we might still be able to do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. If yeah. people have got their designs already, they can use those. There's design templates you can download to create <laughs> your own stuff. Um, and you know, if you don't want to do that, then tell Mark and he'll do the design for you. Um, and yeah, don't worry, his feedback's much nicer than mine. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ask him whatever changes you want. It'll be great. But, but, it, but, it, but if you do upload online, won't be seeing the design or critiquing it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Get with murder then. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a really, really good facility. And I, I think it's, yeah, it's really good for our, you know, our regular print clients. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll get, get more people using this for print as well, which will be great. So fab. Yeah, nice and easy okay, for doing reorders and things as well. So yeah. once people have ordered, they can just go in and just make it a lot easier for the clients as well. Excellent, excellent. Okie dokie, let's, let's call it a day. We will be back next week at 12 o'clock. Have we got guests lined up for next week? Have we had confirmations yet? It is, it's going to be a, a mystery guest next week. So, um, <laughs> Joe Lockwood. <laughs> Amanda, you should go into marketing. <laughs> Definitely. Someone just going to pop up behind someone else. Joanne is well on the road to recovery, so we wish her to a speedy, you know, carry on getting well because she was poorly last week, couldn't join us. Um, but we, uh, she's going to join us on the third of December, so Hi. two weeks after that. Um, so yes, the next week is going to be a mystery guest. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> excellent okay well um we're all gonna wave at the camera and you know smile nicely so emily can take her screenshot because we know she'll only complain otherwise can um, we stop yet yes have a fantastic you. week everyone and we will see you next thursday at 12 noon for the green umbrella live lunch bye for now bye, bye. bye. bye.